Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, to another episode of Canada Talk. I'm your host, Morning, my course as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Aston Villa. You know, it's never going to be an easy game away from home. And especially coming off, you know, three results in the league that, you know, wasn't the best. But, yeah, you know, it was important to kind of start strong and, you know, get ourselves ahead very early on. And I think for me, I know you had that also that very uneasy feeling. Because, like, after the City defeat and then now you, you know, you're almost like kind of limping into this fixture in second uh, spot at, at, as we stood. And, I mean, I was just thinking, oh, look, it, it was getting now so... I mean, it was like so fine of being, you know, up there for so long and now. Yeah. Knocked off that pedestal and now, you know, almost like I have to do... Because, look, you and I also said after the defeat, look, as tough as it was now, you know, we have to now string a, a sort of run together again. And, uh, you know, it should now... You, you know, going to be a tough task, but I mean, it will have to then start at Aston Villa because, look, a lot of teams do come and stuck at Villa Park because even if they're having a, like a shoddy season, they are, I mean, that, that crowd behind them alone fires them along. And, and I mean, you can see, as, as we know, going into the game now, um, I just want to also add, Ben White, of course, returned to the squad and Trossard now coming in for Martinelli. I mean, something that you and I called also weeks ago, but I mean, you could hear the crowd already were up for it. The players seemed up for it. And I mean, like, by the time Nketiah gets the match underway, Villa already immediately fast out of the blocks and, you know, doing a very, very high press. And, I mean, every, everything was, like, forcing us into making, uh, you know, all, like, panic decisions in the uh, first, like, three or four minutes. Yeah, I know. Arsenal seem to have not learned from the elections and trying, not trying to hold on the ball a bit too long and being a bit too cute. Yeah, and I mean, like, the first big chance it comes to, to Aston Villa in the second minute, Douglas Luiz, uh, you know, the ball gets played to him, but he ends up blazing the ball into the stands. But I mean, also, like, a fire, the first fight of warning from the villains. Uh, then in the fourth minute, Zunchenko goes high up the field, ends up losing position by uh, when he gets dispossessed by Matty Cash. Matty Cash ends up booting the ball forward and plays in Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins, in five, five, I think he first... It was like, Miss controls the first touch, but Saliba doesn't close him in time. So he almost like gives him that sort of yard of space that he needs to burst into the Arsenal box. And by the time Saliba's taking, you know, it was like too long to really shut him down. Uh, Oli Watkins just shoves the ball a bit wide and he ends up blasting the ball past Ramsell, Wandel Villa. You are thought of you immediately of our, not you, but like how we discussed it. Maybe Zinchenko needed a break or something because he gave that goal away and Saliba... You know, not being his vintage Rolls Royce self, I mean, not seeing, he seemed to have battled there. I mean, no, I think what normally you would have normally taken easily. Um, but yeah, you know, my head dropped. Yeah, I mean, I was, immediately. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, like, my mouth was actually, you know, just almost like open, left me open mouth because I did not expect that sort of fast start. I mean, I knew, okay, we're probably going to be on the ropes for a few minutes, but I didn't expect that sort of, you know, blitz start by, by Aston Villa. So the ninth minute, Trossard ends up getting caught on the ball again, like also a bit casual. Villa again starts sprinting for, uh, fast forward into a, a blitz counter-attack. Uh, this time, uh, Jorginho ends up uh, intercepting from Kamara and almost, almost like, you know, totally breaks up their play. Sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was a bit of a panic for me because I thought, you know, is this way, you know, kind of, you know, we were, we were struggling up to, to this point, you know, against City, um, Brentford and then against Everton yeah, and you yeah. know the one all down and the way we were starting off I thought you know is this where the wheels and the dagger you know kindly finally get put in 
you know, also thinking about Arsenal, I mean, Nottingham Forest playing against Man City. Later yeah. on thinking, you know what, they're going to go out there and smash it and this is where we lose grip on everything. And in 12 minutes, Saka ends up slinging the ball into the box. And Ketia, you know, tries to get to the end of it, but somehow Tyron Mings ends up getting a boot and, and clears the ball. But I just felt also it was also like a chance missed because the way and Ketia almost like adjusted his body, he wasn't like always going to be behind Mings instead of, you know, darting himself ahead, like only like trying to meet the ball and not waiting for the ball to come to him. And I think that is something that you and I have been bringing up the last few weeks now when, when uh, you know, in the period that he hasn't been scoring, where he can actually start, start attacking the ball more instead of waiting for the ball. Yeah. And and, and him not scoring is actually, you know, and, you know, Jesus, when he's not scoring, he's, he's very busy, he's making space, he's, you know, throwing fouls. Like, Nketiah doesn't, have that X factor. So the time he's he's not scoring, he's not, and he's missing these simple opportunities. I mean, you go back to that City game, he scores that. You know, Arsenal go go in front and lead one 0 and I mean, that could have been an equalizer and and game on. But I mean, you know, still one 0 down. And I mean, he was uh, making really heavy weather because I mean, look, he's got, I mean, look, Tyron Mings is like a giant, and then you got like uh, Konza who's also a very able defender. So I mean, they were almost like snuffing out every time the ball was coming. Even the slightest angle towards him, they were all like snuffing out the danger. And you could see he was actually trying to, like, he was struggling also because nobody was also really in support of him, you know, like a, a real number 10 floating around the lines to, to almost, like, yeah. kind of play him in. So he was actually getting almost, like smothered in the game. So we move on to the 16th minute. Uh, ben White loops across into the Villa box. Mings ends up half clearing the ball. And the ball falls straight to Sako, ends up. Leathering the ball past Martinez into the roof of the net, 1-1. Yeah, what a finish as well by Saka. I mean, I think he's been working on those type of things because, I mean, it's a very composed hit. I mean, I think Martinelli probably could have skied that. But, I mean, Saka, you know, cool as you like. And I think, you know, by far probably now, you know, being our most consistent player, didn't have the best start to the season or, you know, up to his standards. But, I mean... He's been Mr. Reliable these past few games. In 20th minute, you know, something that was almost like becoming the normal in this match. Uh, Moreno ends up going in heavy on Saka, you know, from behind. And I mean, our young talisman is on the end of some nasty tackles in this match. And uh, so was it, like, you know, in previous matches as well. Yeah, I know. And, and people always say, yeah, Saka, um, um, like, you know, people, why are we saying he must be protected? But I mean, the tackles that come in on him, it's 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 malicious. It's not like you know the time they just clip him. Like they do try to hurt him. You can see the ball, the studs, try to actually leave their mark on him, almost to like you know make him scared. Yeah, and I mean look at that. Especially now that you know the very point you brought up is perfect. It was like that of being malicious because I mean that with uh, Moreno, you can actually see Mareki studs down the Achilles of Saka. And I mean look, even Achilles snaps. I mean you know you've played football as well. If you get any damage or even heavy damage to it, besides it's it snapping, you out for months or whatever. Or you're gonna yeah. always have that. that almost like a chronic pain constantly with that sort of tackles. Yeah, more than like something similar to Santi Cazorla, or that he's a kid yeah. that was giving him problems. Yeah, where it was almost like you know that fibers are so damaged from all that heavy impact tackles, it, it ends up almost like shortening your career. Really. Um, then the first minute, uh, Kamara ends up bursting on the left flank. Uh, Moreira overlaps and ends up darting. I, I don't know, Ben White somehow got his bearings totally all over the place because wow. I think he also got lured to the to the play with the ball instead of watching the overlap run. But yeah, the ball ends up getting played past Ben White. 
Morena then lays a pass off to Buendia, who lets the ball slip between his legs. And by the time Coutinho gets the ball, Arsenal already almost like six and sevens at the back. And I mean, Coutinho ends up just I'm like calm, calm, calmly taking the ball, guiding, you know, like seizing up his options and then clearly passing the ball. Pass Ramsdale, sending Ramsdale also the wrong way. 2-1 Villa. Yeah, I was furious. I'm not going to lie to you. At this point, I was flipping, fuming and thinking to myself, you know, how are we going to come right? Like, you know, this is ridiculous. It's silly errors. It's, I mean, we just fought to bring ourselves back in the game and, and, and we yeah. let it slip again. My, my head dropped, like, not because I'm, like, going to be negative, but it was just, like, the the kind of result that was off each other and then, you know, giving away silly goals once again. You just felt that, you know, you know, are we going to win this game? Because, I mean, now you're going... You're 2-1 down, you have to come back again and score again without conceding. So, it was a bit stressful. Yeah, I mean, as you said, look, and, and to call ourselves not only back to make it 1-1 was already uphill task. Now, like, you're already facing an uphill task and now you're going to have to fight back again to get yourself, you know, the, the, the second equaliser. So, at the seventh minute, Arsenal making, you know, needless errors at the back. Ramsey also ends up slicing a clearance, which also brings on more pressure onto us. Then 45th minute, as we approach after, Arsenal seemingly trying to, also trying too hard to, to get the equaliser. And for me, as I went as we went into after, I was actually thinking, you know, like a karma hit is needed because I think the more we're trying or the harder we're trying, it's almost like it's leading just to more, you know, almost like a dominant effect of errors. Yeah, I know it was definitely. And I think, like you said, you just needed that, uh, that's where kind of that leadership and experience comes in, in, in the side where, yeah. yeah, you kind of just need to have cool, calm, and calculated, and and the chances will come. But yeah, it was a bit you know two one down, and and you're thinking to yourself, you know, um, you're looking at around like, in, like this is the moment when Ketia needs to kind of you know show that he can deputize for his shoes. It's all good and well. He scores to make it three one or four one, or I mean, I know he, against United he scored the 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 two important goals, but I mean. You know, this is where you know we need to maybe bring the game back to two all and, and get the yeah. fire under the bellies again. And I mean, for me, one thing that really stood out like a sore thumb in this match was our build-up play was very slow, which was just allowing uh, Villa always to get into position. I'm always wondering why do they like allow themselves to to get even to that sort of level? Because I mean, it's almost like if if you play fast and if you can see your opponent. You know, don't want to really go toe-to-toe. Or we'll try to go toe-to-toe, but eventually we'll start, you know, uh, like, uh, what's the word now? But I mean, they, they they just start fading away in, in in the course of a game. But it's like, we just give it almost like extra bit of hope because look, every time we take two or three extra touches, you just see Villa just plugging men behind the ball. So it's not like you're already having to face this, this two banks of four or whatever amount of people that they're throwing in the midfield because... I think at one point they were like just flooding the midfield like with five or six people just to to stop that sort of flowing passing game by us. But we move on to the second half. Uh, I mean, Villa things Villa get things restarted. Uh, Arsenal immediately look already like a team that you know had a good talking to from Arteta, and I mean everything started looking a bit faster. So we started. Yeah, no, you you're right, and 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 in my stomach, I don't know if you do this, but in my head I'm thinking, you know, in order for us to win this game, I feel we need a goal. But maybe the 65th minute, the latest, yeah. you know, because I mean, I know you have got things can happen quickly um, in football where you can 
score late on two goals after each other near the end. But I just thought to myself, you know, you need one by the 65th minute and uh, and then maybe, you know, bold on it not to push for one more in that last, was it, 25 minutes. Yeah. So uh, I was kind of, you know, happy to see the way we came out. We seemed sharper, you know, getting to everything first. And that was very encouraging to see. And I mean, for me, I think one of the biggest uh, telltale signs of what was going to probably play out now, the second half, because for 53rd minute, Arsenal, of course, as I said, turning up the pressure, uh, one granite jacker shot, ends up seeing three Aston Villa players throwing themselves in the line of the, the fire of the ball. Because, I mean, you could see they were like on the kind of on panic stations right now, because I think they also not starting to feel that sort of fatigue of, of that first yeah. half, that sort of tempo they were... And I mean, look, they were playing well at first half, but... I think when you when you gonna be almost like facing now a barrage of, of Arsenal attacks, all those sort of runs that you were doing in that first half is gonna start waning in that second. And you could see because for me, my way of judging certain games, when you can see people like Odegaard, when you see people like Xhaka or even Georgina, when they can take two, three, four touches without a, a villa guy already closing them, it shows you that they probably told to almost like stem their sort of temper that they were playing. So now they're almost like a bit more cautious though. They they're going about this stuff. And I mean Arsenal already almost kind of sniffed blood that Villa will now suddenly be there for the taking. Yeah, and, and that is my thing, you know, you in, in, in situations like that, you know, you need to kind of strike and pounce early on because yeah. you know it's almost like a momentum kind of you know slowly oozes out if you don't get that goal because you know equalizer was always gonna rattle the cages and suddenly, you know, start um putting to have some doubt in their mind. Yeah. Then for the uh, fifth minute, Saka ends up just going down randomly onto the pitch. Uh, I mean, his ankles, I think, was like were taking a pounding by then. Uh, the first years came on, and then they actually there was like a, a quite a break in play because they were now busy, you know, heavily strapping his ankles up. And I mean, Arteta also then took this time to, you know, call the team together again to have like a quick uh, team meeting. Uh, then a few minutes later, Edin Ketia ends up clipping the bar with a looping head. I mean, I really thought he, I don't know, it's not like his head was always going in a loopy fashion. It wasn't like really getting power, like, you know, like a bullet header that was probably needed because Martinez really looked almost like flat footed when that ball came over. Yeah, and, and Ketia at the moment, you know, it's, it's frustrating me so much that, like, you know, kind of, you know, like that was a maybe in hindsight afterwards, you know, it could have been a maybe a bit of a tricky chance, but for me it was frustrating that he never put it away under the circumstances with two one down. Like, you know, those need to go in. Yeah. And I mean, look, yeah, the right also said that is part and parcel of that sort of job if you're going to carry the mantle of an Arsenal striker because there's going to, like, also, look, I'm, I don't know how too much, but I mean, that, that uh, City game also. City are not going to give you always this freebies like it. Yeah. Hey, when you're going to when you get the chance, you take it. It's not like when you look at, at, at City the other night when they were playing uh, Leipzig, they ended up you know like giving a sort of uh, like a treat of a you know that blunder they made in the second half. And I mean Leipzig took that opportunity to punish them, and yeah. the, the game then ended like that one-one. So yeah, I mean getting easy put his chances away. I mean. You know, you're not always going to get like a, a flurry of chances to score. I mean, sometimes yeah. there's few and far between and you need to put it away. And, and that and that sometimes separates, you know, teams chasing for top four and teams winning a title. Then 61st minute, Arsenal take a short quarter. Zinchenko ends up getting an Odegaard cross. And I mean, he ends up for, like, really taking his time. Villa's on that kind of backing off. 
and he ends up just drilling a ball low and hard past Martinez at his near post. 2-2. Yeah, and I think for me, like, as I said, that 65th minute thing, I mean, to get there before the 65th minute, you know, I felt game on, you know, you, you kind of eating our press on and I'm hoping we kind of score a goal early on instead of, you know, late on. Yeah. In the 63rd minute, Odegaard throws a beautiful pass that dissects the Villa defence. Eden Kete ends up taking the ball. And the more I'm thinking, drive at the, at the Villa goal, he just goes wide and wide with his run as Martinez races out. And I think by the time he, he decides to try to dink the keeper, he gets his angles all wrong and he ends up dinking the ball onto the, like, over the roof of the net. <laughs> Oh, you know, I was thinking about it again, and just like as you're telling me how he ticked it over and like like landed on the net, and like I just that anger was boiling when when I like you know finish the chance. I mean, you know, make it three two. You're not going to get a lot of chances, and I mean, you know, another opportunity squandered. And I was so furious. I'm thinking, you know what? Take Inketia off, bring Martinelli on, and shift him. Or whether you want to put transfer as a false nine. Or let Martinelli run down the middle because it's frustrating, like happening consistently. And I think, like, I think he almost like he has gotten into sort of comfort zone because there is no really person gonna, you know, you know, he's gonna be old or for anything. So that's why I, th- I was finding it's like sort of at times you're playing also a dangerous game when you don't have also somebody breathing down his neck, you know, to to you know keep him on his toes. Um, 68 minute Arsenal then do make the change. Trossard end up coming off. Martinelli coming on. Then 77 minute, Konza's in, uh, dispossessed in his own box from uh, a Villa goal kick. And Ketty, of course, puts him under so much pressure, he ends up just bundling him off the ball. Quite strong play by Ketty after all the criticism we've given yeah. him. He ends up laying it perfect on a plate for Odegaard. And I mean, when you're expecting to see the net ball, all Odegaard does is drag the ball past the goal. What a Oh, mistake. that was also frustrating. I remember I was fuming. And we just spoke about the composure um, yeah. aspect that, that he needs to have. I mean, uh, uh, not to compare, but I mean, can you imagine a Cesc Fabregas in a situation like that? And this was a crunch moment. I mean, Odegaard has been brilliant all season. I'm not slating, I'm not saying he's a terrible player or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, those moments need to be put away. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's on his, his strongest foot. It's not like he he's on, a, like, you know, hitting it under the right foot and he almost like shanks the ball. It was like he forcefully tried to be almost like over, well, I wouldn't say overconfident, but he tried to be almost like over clinical with the, with the finish. And that's that ended up almost like causing more problems because I mean, he really dragged it badly wide. Because I mean, you could even see Arteta's reaction with that miss. And I mean, you could see even his facial expression where he couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was one of those things where you think, ah, oh, no, nah, I don't think we're going to, we're going to win this game. <laughs> Then 79th minute, Arsenal make a double substitution. Uh, ben White coming off, Xhaka coming off. On comes Tommy Yasu and Vieira. Um, then 82nd minute, substitute of Villa, Bailey. Ends up breaching the Arsenal defensive line. I mean, first, first of all, that long ball that he takes out of the air yeah. on, the, yeah, on the, the dead ball line and just drives it out defence. And even though I think Odegaard was trying to signal that they should like, close down, I mean, that guy's pace when he turns up the, the turbos, I mean, there's no way of really catching him. He ends up getting the box and ends up letting fly with a stinger of a shot. But Ramsdale pulls off even a better worldly save. And I mean, he ends up, I mean, I didn't even see, I first thought it was straight cracked against the bar. I didn't know it was Ramsdale that actually tipped it onto the bar. Yeah, I, know, I panicked at that point and thought, oh, yeah, is it game done? I mean, 
conceding at this point now, you know, it kind of, you know, there's, there's no real way you can, it's possible, but there's no real, realistic way you can turn it to be a 4-3 result. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, like speaking without my Arsenal uh, affinity and all that stuff, but I mean, when you look at both sides as we entered that last, what, six, seven minutes of the match, this was really, as, as they would say, cricket or whatever, arm dinger, because both teams were really throwing everything but the yeah. sink, trying to, to nick this game, because it could go anyway, because then it goes to Villas, where then immediately Arsenal will restart the game, we pushing high up the field and, and, and you know, trying to force the issue. So it was like, you know, a, really a back and forth arm dinger. Then 84th minute, Gabriel ends up... Uh, getting a free kick of Odegaard. Uh, I think he, he almost like gets his whole body position around because you could see what he was trying there, that little looping flick. But I mean, he put, I think, too much power on the ball because, I mean, the pace was already from Odegaard on the ball. So he just needed to almost like half soften the header and he would have beaten Martinez. But, I mean, he ends up looping the ball heavily over the crossbar. And you could see the anguish in his face after missing that luggy. He was angry at himself. And I thought, you know, to be honest, I thought that's, you know, that's it because I, it just seemed like we weren't um, clinical enough. We had the chances, and I thought, you know, this is this is it. Like, you know, I can't see us coming back. Like, away. So the official shows, you know, puts the board up and shows six minutes of injury time. Um, then ninety second minute, Ramsey ends up sliding in uh, the sub Duran. Ramsey ends up palming the ball away. And I mean, also going immediately onto the attack in the ball up. Of course, we lead into the ninety third minute, Arsenal throwing the kitchen sink at the Villa goal. Now Martinelli ends up picking out Jorginho and the Italian strikes the ball with a sweet shot that cannons off the crossbar onto M. Martinez's head and into the net, uh, back of the net. Arsenal go 3-2 up. Yeah, I, I think that goal just kind of, you know, just ran through the living room, celebrated and wanted to literally... Uh... I took my top off and just swung it around. I would have gotten yellow carded if I was a player at Villa Park, but you know, that's how that goal meant to me, how much it meant to me. You know, I mean, I, I felt almost like, you look, yes, there's still a few minutes left of the match, but I mean, it felt almost like some somebody took like, you know, bags of cement off my shoulders. <laughs> it felt, I mean, I felt naked. And I mean, 94th minute, holding in, and, and TN ends up coming on for Odegaard and Zinchenko respectively. Then 97th minute, the last roll of the dice for Aston Villa, M. Martin ends, ends up rushing up for the, Aston Villa corner. The corner, of course, is overheat as Arsenal clear the ball to Vieira. The Portuguese star ends up threading the ball through to Martinelli, who, you know, just ends up jetting away from Tyrone Mings. And I mean, by the time Martinelli is already in the Villa off, it's just him and the goal, the open goal. And I mean, he ends up just throwing the ball into the net and also win the match 4-2. Yeah, brilliant to win. It's great. Spirit come like I mean I don't know if you had Andy Towns to commentate any of all time saying like you know this result could be a very good result this draw you know this draw is, could be an excellent point you know what they could say save Arsenal had to make um you know they'll take the point and then you know we go on to win it and the city goes on to draw against Nottingham Forest after literally almost dominating that game all oh, and they drop points you know we get. Uh, two-point lead uh, with a game in hand. Yeah, and as, I mean, one thing I'll, I'll, I still have on my phone, I still have that message on your phone when you said your muscles are actually just aching right now from all yeah. that. Because, I mean, myself included, I mean, I, I'm sure the listeners as well, 
I mean, there was a point in that match, that last few minutes, or that last few seconds, actually, where your eyes don't even want to look at that clock anymore. Yeah. You're just waiting more for that ref to do that, that you know, that full-time whistle signal. But, yeah, I mean, uh, what a hunting of a match. But, I mean, we move on to... Astralad uh, Villa. Astralad <laughs> Villa, exactly. Um, the match tomorrow, Leicester City versus Arsenal. Uh, look, after a shocking start for, for Leicester City, I mean, through the season, I mean, it's, it's very unlike them. It's actually weird to see how things have played out for Brendan Rodgers because, I mean, I don't know how many times we've also heard um, the Leicester City fan base, you know, almost like calling for his head. But, I mean, he's still somehow clung to his job. And, I mean, uh, I'm just thinking to myself, look, they, right now they're in 14th position. And, I mean, we all know what sort of standards Leicester do have. But, I mean, you can see it's not in the position that they really want to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think... You know, it's important they're going to start strong. I know we sound like a broken record, but, you know, the fact that you're playing first, and I think the fact that, I mean, I don't know what could have done to Man City's mindset. You know, I'm sure they were watching the game in the in the team dressing room or wherever, you know, they were keeping track of the score. You know, probably thought, okay, it's 2-2. You know what, guys? We're going to pull away. Arsenal score, make it 4-2. You know, you you kind of probably think your your mindset changes, and suddenly you're playing with a bit more pressure now. Yeah. They have to win, and and that you could see. I don't know. Then they choked the the chances. Um, you know, Nottingham Forest equalizes. You know, they play against Leipzig. Something similar happens. You know, now Arsenal play against. You know, Arsenal play Leicester. It's going to be a tough game. It's important, like I said, Arsenal put the pressure on. If you get the three points again, you're letting City have to go to Bournemouth, which probably could be a walkover. But, you know, there's so many things happening in City season. You know, the Brainer being out, I mean, you mentioned to it as well against Leipzig. You could see the difference, the Brainer not playing completely to him playing. So, you know, Arsenal have an opportunity against Leicester now, you know, to. It's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. That's actually the point I want to now bring up because. The point I made now also here was in my notes is like, don't also let Leicester's position fool you because yeah. Leicester do come off as a, you know, wounded annual that can be, you know, very unpredictable. And, and I mean, <clears throat> they put four pass Tottenham Hotspur in the in early February. Um, bizarrely also lost 0-3 to Man United at Old Trafford where they should have been already at least 3-0 up in the first 20 minutes, but for uh, David Gaia's heroics. Yeah, no, I, I just hope we pull out, we, like, you know, we don't allow them to settle in the game. I know Vardy always has a field of a time against us, you know, no matter home or away, he always seems to find the back of the net against us. So, you know, let's hope that we actually do punish um, uh, them early. You know, get it, play fast, get your goals and, you know, you know try, try, try to just take this thing out of the game. And get the three points. I know, I know Leicester, like I said, is not the, the easiest of guys. I mean, Harvey Barnes, um, Madison. Okay, Madison wasn't firing at all cylinders, but I mean, you know, those guys have, have a, can hurt you. Yeah, and I mean, look, either way, we will have to have our work, as you said, cut out because, okay, Thomas Party from the press conference today will be in contention with this match. Uh, and I mean, like, with, it, with regards to the stats that I brought out now for. The top players' goals and assists, James Madison is topping everyone because he's a top player with 7.6 for the season. Goals, he's got nine for the season and assists, he's on, on five. And I mean, of course, other guys, I mean, that's what I find just strange because with the top players, you've got Madison, Tielemans and Dewsbury Hall. Got no James, uh, that, um, Jamie Vardy in there. And I mean, with the goals category, 
You've got Madison with nine, Barnes with eight, and Ian Nacho with three. Again, Vardy not in there. So, I mean, I don't know also what, what, what is going on there because even like when I was looking at the, the, the player sets, he's getting like between 10 and 20 minutes per game from Brendan Rodgers right now. And I mean, he's not injured. Yeah, unless his hope he doesn't come up against us because, I mean, you know, he loves Arsenal to score against Arsenal. So let's see, you know, I mean, try to nullify the game. And I think, you know, you don't want the Leicester crowd, you know, like I said, against Everton on your back, as the fellow was, you know, on your back. So, you know, try to get the business done early. And, and, and we, we are playing on Wednesday, so we need to kind of rotate and not rotate, but I mean, I think this is the more of a one way we need to kind of go all in and, and try to get the result early as possible and then bring the changes and then, yeah. Yeah, so we move our attention now to next Wednesday, which is our game in hand that we will be playing now for sure. Playback. Yeah. Arsenal versus Everton. I think the biggest miss for Everton right now is Calvert-Lewin because I know that everybody's been talking about this mysterious illness, not illness, injury that he's picked up because, I mean, look, you, you saw in that match when we played them at, at Goodison Park, he was causing all sorts of problems. Yeah. He, he, he might not have scored, but he was almost like bullying the likes of Gabriel and Saliba. Yeah. And we were we couldn't really you know pinpoint how to deal with that sort of danger. So I mean I think that is a sort of uh you know it's like a I wouldn't say breathe easy, but I mean, especially now at the Emirates Stadium, we should now have you know majority possession. We should now also have you know increased pressure or put on uh, put pressure on Sean Dyche. Because look, he's probably gonna try to you know, it was like slow down and frustrated because I don't think they're going to really come out and play. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean, we're always looking for that and I think he's going to probably try to stonewall us where they can but I just think we need to get that, uh, zip the ball faster because I think that is the biggest thing to, to defeat a team like, like Everton because watching the, the Merseyside derby, look, Liverpool might not be in the greatest of form but I mean, the way they hurt um, Everton the other day was just through that. I mean, you had people like um, what was it, Onana and, and um, Gay, they were struggling with that sort of fast interchange of passing in midfield, and that's why Liverpool were constantly bypassing them through the mid, through the, like the heart of the, the midfield. Yeah, no. And I think we're going to have to take that same approach. And I mean, they're going to probably, you know, Sean Dyke, he, even when he came to the Emirates, you know, he, he, he's always nipped a few wins there, and he's always given us some tough times there. So <laughs> he knows what to do, but we need to be one step ahead, play quicker. And that could be a decisive yeah, part yeah. in the game. And, and, and it's important we kind of also, you know, I know it's like a broken record, but don't let everything get into the game. Let the crowd drown them out. Yeah. One or two, three goals are passed them very early on. And you kind of, you know, I mean, we're playing another game, the, 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 you know, the weekend. We'll get to that again. But, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's important that, you know, we try to put the pressure on the city. I mean, it's pointless. You know, you, you're dropping points to Leicester again and, and Everton. You need to kind of punish them and, and, and you know, be five points ahead of, of, of um, City, who, who will have to play Newcastle soon after that game in the end of ours. And, and that, that's pressure. It's a big game. I mean, thinking to yourself, you know, if we if we throw this points away, you know, it's all over again, trying to catch up to eight points. And I think the Champions League, you know, that's a lovely result they got against Leipzig because it means that, you know, they still have to go all in in the second leg. Yeah. Um, look, that's almost like our last point is really before you now move to the talking point section of the 
podcast. Um, now, uh, before we now get into almost like the the meat and the beans part of it, but um, in the uh, Europa League last sixteen uh, round of last sixteen, we now the, the opponents now have been now almost like be made like no now we're gonna be facing Sporting Lisbon. So, what's your take of facing the Portuguese guys? You know, it's probably one of the more favourable times, to be honest with you. I mean, no disrespect to them. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, I'm not saying it's going to be a walkover. But, I mean, you know, if you had to look at it, I mean, I'm, Union Berlin seems like, you know, a real, a real tough team at the moment, especially in Germany. It seems like they're firing on all cylinders. Yeah. You know, yeah. Leverkusen is Leverkusen. It's not a team, really, you want to be, you know, I know you might have to get them, but I mean, you know, you know German football, I think, better than I do. And, you know, Leverkusen's not always a, also like a walk in the park. I mean, I see sometimes Bayern even struggle against them. Um, Roma, Juventus also, you know, not an ideal fixture, especially where we are now in the league. So, yeah. you know, I'll take a sporting Lisbon. Um, and I think we should be able to overcome them. I'm not going to say it's going to be like a walk in the park, but we should be comfortably, you know, maybe a, a one or two nil away from home and kind of just seal the deal to Emirates. And I mean, it's going to be also a return of the, what is that prodigal son, but the return for uh, Hector Bellerin, who's been almost like, you know, almost like discarded by Barca, ends up, I think, having his contract terminated at Barca and then sure. joining as a free transfer there at, at um, Sporting. But I mean, it will be a good test because, I mean, for me, it will also now be something where you can watch, say, someone like Martinelli go up against him and it was like show now, you know, almost like the, the older Arsenal generation now, which is crazy to say, but I mean, to, when yeah. they face the new generation of Arsenal. Um, the other thing I want to now bring up now was, uh, look, many of our listeners, of course, don't now know, but I mean, look, you are going to be tying the knot in a couple <laughs> of in a week or so, or a couple yeah. of weeks. Um, Look, so we the way we've now planned it out is like look, we're not doing this on the fly as well. So like, the, the same way you're gonna hear it now, our listeners hear it at the same time. So uh, there's gonna be like a, maybe a week or so where I'm gonna have, probably have to do the podcast on my own. It's gonna be really weird for me. I mean, I've even had like nights where I'm sitting in bed, I'm thinking, uh, how am I gonna do it? Because I've never like I mean, you've always been almost like my right hand man, my partner. Yeah. I'm here, so. It's going to be weird, but I think it's, I'm going to probably do like a sort of prep type of thing and then do yeah. it like that and, and almost like see if I'm comfortable with it like that. But uh, yeah, you're going to still be there next week for the podcast. One more. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm only most likely um, if, if things go according to plan um, the 26th of March. I'll probably be gone from like the 26th till maybe the second or third of april so it'll probably be maybe one episode if so but i know there's an international break in between so it could go inside with it i just need to confirm that actually yeah i think there's there could be even two because i think i think oh the one is probably uh fa cup weekend which we are of course out so that i don't need to stress with that because i see now like our fixtures run uh first of march fourth of march then 12th then 19th and then there's a big gap I think that is probably the international break. It's yeah, so I could be gone fellas. between the between the twenty sixth to the to the third of, of 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 April, which means you know they possibly maybe we could just kind of preview ahead of time for the yeah. uh, the game. Let's say the the lead game, which which yeah. will be so we will also be around for the to 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 review and preview the Crystal Palace game. 
it'll just be the Leeds game that we might just preview yeah. then. Then it'll be before the break, so it could work out perfectly fine, and you don't have to have those cold sweated facts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, before I end off, I mean, I, I, I mean, actually, come to think of it, I'll actually do it in next weekend because I wanted to also give you also like a few oof, words of wisdom going yeah. through <laughs> your big day. But yeah, Thanks. as I said, now like. Uh, Enjoy the match then uh, tomorrow, guys. Uh, let's hope you can get the three points. Dress is open, not again. That sort of uh, Villa Parker feel like the other day. Oh, please, I, no. I don't know if my shoulders can take more of that sort of tensing, but enjoy the match, guys. Let's get the three points. Come on, you gunners. Come on, you gunners. <laughs>